welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and those amazing relationships. And hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. So are you struggling to keep your relationship alive as you climb the corporate ladder? Or is your partner focusing on their own career at the expense of your couple? How is it that other people seem to be juggling work obligations and family and still keep the bedroom hot and spicy? Well, on today's episode, we're going to be talking with a power couple to find out how they manage to continue taking giant steps in their respective careers while keeping the home fires burning hot for each other and enjoying great sex together. It might be simpler than you think. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to hear all about that. So first, let's have a quick word from our sponsor, uh, the Throws of Passion Waterproof Blanket. So are you fed up sleeping in the wet spot? I sure am. Or having to change the sheets every time we have sex? Carol sure is. <laughs> well, we've got a simple, sexy solution for you. Our Throws of Passion Waterproof Blanket is 100% waterproof and guaranteed, <laughs> guaranteed to keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets, even if you're a massive squirter like Carol is. Just throw it down and get it on. Throws of Passion will protect any play space from messy massage oils, lubes, or any other sexy wetness. And the best thing is, it's machine washable and dryable. It's now available in two sizes, jumbo and travel, so order yours today on Amazon. That's the Throws a Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Great sex starts now. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we're excited to introduce our guests, our good friends, sexologist Dr. Jess O'Reilly from Sex with Dr. Jess, and her husband, Brandon Ware, who's also the co-host of their podcast, Sex with Dr. Jess. Guys, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle, and thanks for taking time out of your busy day. Oh, thanks so much for having us. Happy to be here. Yay. You know, we're so excited to be discussing such an important topic, all about finding that balance in life that allows our couple and our careers to thrive equally. So many couples struggle with issues of balance, and today's discussion is going to focus mainly on power couples, where both partners are career-focused, climbing the corporate ladder, or even running their own businesses. So, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about who you are, how, why you're a power couple, and, you know, how um, you guys got together and met each other? Well, we met 18 years ago, mm-hmm. and we were really just kids. We were in university, college, we were working in a bar together, and thank goodness I picked up Brandon, because he wasn't going to pick me up. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, I didn't really know what what to do. <laughs> well, he knew sort of what to do. I, I sort of knew, yeah. <laughs> so we were working together, we hung out one night, and the rest was history. We moved in together, I'd say five or six days later, wow. and we've been living together ever since. We were really young, so we've done all of our, our growing together, and... I don't know that we'd really describe ourselves as a power couple, but we certainly, we both run our businesses and we love our work and, and, you know, we're quite busy with our businesses. Brandon works in real estate. 
I do. I, I have a real estate company that keeps me rather busy. Uh, I enjoy my work. I, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and it keeps things interesting. Yes. And so his business, because it's real estate focused, is very Toronto centric. So our home base is Toronto. And my job entails, you know, traveling every single week to different places. I just came back uh, two days ago from Thailand, from China. My next stops are Milwaukee, the UK and Paris. So uh, Paris and, and Bordeaux. So it's quite varied. So I'm on the road, he's based in Toronto, and you know we, we live here in Toronto, we, we don't have kids yet. We don't, no. Every, every year. You're, you're looking at me like something's going to be surprised. Yeah, every year we say we're going to have kids, and we've talked about adopting for the last decade, but when we decided to adopt many years ago, it... Uh, it doesn't give you a timeline, so you have a little bit more flexibility, and then we keep putting it off. So I think that's on the closer horizon now. My mom comes from 12 siblings, five of whom were adopted. Oh, really? And uh, we have other adopted, you know, uh, relatives in our family. So it's something that, that you know, we, we've thought about long and hard. Uh, so we do have my dad living in the house. My dad is 76 years old, and lives with us just to add a little more spice to the whole <laughs> you know making things even more interesting than perhaps you know having a child well so i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure he holds down the fort when you're traveling all around the world as well well brandon does <laughs> uh, yeah, when jess is traveling i i hold down the fort uh, yeah yeah but you know brandon you also travel with dr jess as well in some of her speaking engagements I do. I try to make an effort to go to the nicer places that she visits <laughs> when she has to go somewhere that I'm not particularly interested in, somewhere northern Canada uh-huh. in the middle of November or February. I often find myself very busy <laughs> that, that, that week. Oh, but, but wait a second, when you're going, when she's going to Mexico at that time of year, hmm, not so busy? Absolutely. I can always <laughs> find time to sneak away. And Brandon, do you find that um, you choose to go away with Jess? And, and I mean, we've been on vacation with you guys to Desire, and we've, uh, we're with you at Hito, and you guys do the cruises together. But is that a choice because you don't have that much time together because Jess travels so much? Or is it, um, oh, it's just a great vacation and I want to go? Um, I do. I, I, I go on those trips for a uh, and a few reasons. Sometimes they are contractually, ob- I work contractually obliga- obligated for me to come as well. Sometimes I'm, I'm always interested in spending time with Jess and I'm not, I mean, whether she goes to Northern Ontario or she is in Mexico, I'm interested in hanging out and being with her. And, um, you know, sometimes I just, I want to go too. <laughs> it's nice to get away from the cold weather here in Toronto and go somewhere nice. Yeah. So it, it, it's a bit of a combination of all those factors, but we have had reasons, obviously work-related or a family unit that have kept me here in Toronto at times as well. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about those conflicting schedules because sometimes when Jess has to be away and perhaps you have to be with her because you got to be there as a couple, and what if you can't go? Then, then what happens? Who, who, kind of, who wins out the struggle? <laughs> well, sometimes he can't make it and, and he has to prioritize his work above my work. And he, you know, he's so supportive in my career, whether it's carrying boxes into a trade show or flying across the world to go on a, a Desire Resorts couples cruise. And so if, if his work or if there's a family issue that arises uh, has to be prioritized, then so be it. So, for example, in January, 
we were supposed to travel to Desire together. And and he's a part of the contract and they fly him down there and put him up. But unfortunately, something something came up in our family and he had to stay uh, well in Florida, actually. So we had we had our our dog was diagnosed with cancer. And so he had to stay and get her treatment. And that's that's just the way it goes sometimes. You know, mm-hmm. we we both really love our jobs and we work really hard. And uh, I, I guess we some people would see us as workaholics, but I'll tell you, like <laughs> this relationship always comes first. If like our lives come first, our health comes first, our families come first. Um, and yeah, that that's it. People will always ask me, oh, what's your you know, what's your greatest achievement? And I don't want to position the relationship as an achievement, but it's what's most important to me at all times. And that's something Brandon taught me from a, a really young age. I don't think I was mature enough or grounded enough to really get it but Brandon has always shown a hundred percent commitment to this relationship and really never wavered in that commitment and I think it took me a lot longer than him to understand what that really meant and it's not that I wasn't committed and I certainly wanted to be with Brandon and was committed to Brandon but Brandon was better at prioritizing the relationship, whether it was practically or emotionally. And I, I think I learned along the way. I wouldn't have admitted it 15 <laughs> years ago. I wouldn't have been able to acknowledge it because, you know, I, I was 20 when I met him. And so I just didn't have that maturity. But now, uh, you know, now we have figured things out. We've spent all those years working at things, fighting over things, discussing things, renegotiating. And it's, it seems to be getting a lot easier. And they, they always say that, that, you know, you fight in your twenties to, to learn in your thirties. Is that what they say? Something, something along those lines, (laughs) but, but just, just to clarify or to kind of reinforce just this point, we, we still, we argue, we fight, we, but the commitment to each other is always there. And that really, it, it, it's present all the time. So it makes you want to push through some of those difficult moments, knowing that there are better, you know, better times, better days ahead. Um, but yeah, the, the relationship is most important. And we have days and weeks where, you know, work is crazy and it may not seem like we're prioritizing this, but I think that there are little things that we do throughout the day, or at least that I do. And I know that Jess does in two in different ways <laughs> that really do, um, show the other partner that the relationship is important and they're, they're very simple things, but you know, it, it came with a lot of trial and error because we were young when we got together mm-hmm. and I don't think we really, I certainly, even though it sounds like I was the more mature one, <laughs> certainly didn't feel like it. Let me, let me contextualize. This is grandpa B. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, he has always been a little bit of an old man. He loves his dried fruit. Uh, you know, he's the, the responsible decision maker. If there's extra insurance to be purchased, he will purchase it. <laughs> and you've always been that person that's you know, mindful of safety and been able to recognize what your true priorities are better than I have. And interestingly, work has not really been one of the, the things that has gotten in the way of our relationship. It creates challenges at times in terms of my travel, but because I love it so much, you, I think, live vicariously through the excitement of it. And so even though you miss me, and even though I can sometimes saddle you with additional burden because I'm not here and there are things to be taken care of in the family, I think that you you understand how important it is to me. And it's, and it's not just about finance or anything like that. It's not only about making money. Yes, we you know enjoy building our businesses and building 
the nice lifestyle that we have, but I'm passionate about my work. I, I believe I'm helping people. I believe I'm making a difference. And I, I, I really feel as though I'm living my best life. Life is good. I'm going exciting places and meeting interesting people. And so I feel very fortunate. Yeah. So, so Jess um, and Brandon, we're going to actually get very personal with you guys in our next segment. We're going to talk about how you continue keeping your sex life spicy. But Jess, you were just talking about all the travel that you do. And uh, we know, uh, we, we've known you for 10 years now. Um, you do these amazing workshops, which help um, companies and couples within these companies who are executives and high profile and power couples really um, connect and stay connected on the personal side because some of them might be a little off balance on the work side. What are two or three of the top issues you talk about um, in your world travels to these corporations and these couples to help them have that proper balance in their relationship? Two things. The first is passion and the second is practicality. So when we talk about passion, every couple across the globe struggles with the fact that passion fades over time naturally unless you do something to reinvigorate passion. So when you have high-performing either executives or entrepreneurs, these folks tend to derive a great deal of excitement, passion, challenge, and pleasure from their work. So they get an adrenaline high with the work that they do, oftentimes because they're high-stakes and high risk work. And so they have that, that passion and excitement at work and then they go home and they are just looking for stability. They're just looking for their partner to be by their side, to be available to them, to be emotionally supportive. And they don't look for passion in the relationship. So this is a really common mistake that's being made among almost all entrepreneurs. So we look at ways to save some of that energy, to save some of that that risk taking for the relationship. And and another mistake we make is we look we look for so much stability in the relationship that instead of creating opportunity for risk, we're we're entirely risk adverse. And if you do that in business, you fail. And similarly, if you do that in relationships, you lose the excitement. So that's the first thing we talk about. And then the second thing really has to do with practical strategies within the context of a busy lifestyle in order to stay connected, in order to deepen intimacy, and of course, in order to still want to have sex with each other and enjoy it. And Brandon mentioned that despite how busy we are, there are small things we do every day to remain connected. So I can say, for example, Brandon is always checking in with me, whether it's whether I'm overseas or whether I'm sitting at home <laughs> just you know, on my blue couch recovering from a trip, He's always checking in to see how I'm doing. And it's interesting because anytime I see Brandon Ware show up on my phone, I feel really excited still. I mean, I still do check in just to show that I care. And I mean it. And it doesn't mean that I'm taking uh, 30 minutes. I'm just sending a note or, you know, giving a quick call in between meetings to say, hey, what's up? How's it going? How's your day? What's new with you? Like, what are you up to? Because it matters to me. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that that has to be a 30-minute conversation about something draining or emotionally exhausting it's just hey i'm you know about you just thought i'd say what's up you know i'll see you a little little later on do you ever ever send her a cock shot (laughs) 
absolutely do not do that. <laughs> I get enough unsolicited. No, yeah. no uh, kidding. <laughs> but the checking in is so important. Actually, Dave and I do that all the time, even if he's at the grocery store and he's getting something, he'll always just check, you know, what are you doing? Is this okay? What, Whatever. And even if he's at the dentist, he'll just say, okay, I'm done. I'm on my way home. Even though he's going to be home in 10 minutes, he didn't have to tell me, but we just do that because we are so connected with each other. We spend most of our day together. Probably yeah, 95% of our day, we work together, we live together, we do all our projects together. So uh, unlike you guys, where you are apart a lot, we still are so connected and checking in with each other all day long, even though we're together all day long. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not a controlling, uh, you know, I need to know where you are sort of check in. Right. It's a, hey, what's, yeah. how's it going? Yeah. Oh, you know what? You're in the middle. You've got a big uh, interview or a call or something going on. Totally cool. Just thought I'd say hi. I'll talk to you a little later on today. Exactly. Yeah. And Jess, what do you what do you tell these high profile executives about the need to um, also make sure that they keep the romance, the excitement, and the great sex in their relationships? Well, first we have to set the stage and contextualize because we have this wealth of data suggesting that if you are not happy in your relationship, you won't be happy in, in life. So the, the relationship satisfaction levels affect your physical health, your mental health, your immunity, your mood, your energy, your sleep, your income, especially for, for men. If you are single and in a similar position and experience level to somebody who is married, you earn 22% less. And that's not to say you should rush out and get married. But we know that our strongest sense of uh, of social support for most people is with their partner. Now, that doesn't mean you have to run out and get partnered. There are other ways to cultivate social support. But first, we have to set the scene and help them to understand how important the relationship is to their exciting, busy, and I, I suppose wealthy lifestyle. That's the first piece. The second piece is helping them to put their money where their mouth is. Because if you ask any of these folks what the most important thing to them is, what's the most important part of your life, they are all, and we are all, going to say our partner and our kids, our families. And I ask them, do you act like that? Show me evidence in the last week that you have actually treated your relationship with the same respect with which you treat your business? And have you applied some of these top level business skills and your your general business acumen within your relationship? So we have a marriage as a business program where we look at how some of the effective tools we use in the workplace can be used in the home. And so I, I, I work in both directions because I also go into corporations separate from these executives and talk about how relationship research applies in the workplace because we're looking to cultivate collaborative teams. We're looking to cultivate empathy within the workplace. We're looking to even cultivate non-sexual intimacy in the workplace because we know that the way you feel about your work colleagues affects your work product. It affects, you know, degrees of absenteeism. It affects turnover rates. It affects the energy in in the workplace. I mean, it really runs in both directions. If I'm in a fight with Brandon and I go to work, I bring that tension and that friction to the workplace. Patience, is a muscle. It's like a muscle and you only have so much before it tires. No, that's all great, great, great information. And uh, certainly that's where you're focusing your career, teaching all these things. So it must be so cool that you're helping people every single time you go out there and do those workshops. 
<laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Ultimately, all I can do is bring the information. And what I try and do is break it down into practical strategies. So things that they can do in 60 seconds a day, six minutes a week, and 60 minutes a month. And it's up to them to implement it. So some of them, I find that, you know, the people that I'm working with, because I work with two primary organizations, their membership organizations all around the world, they are really lifelong learners. And they are, they're committed to change and they're committed to growth. They, they have embraced what's what we call the growth mindset. And so most of them are willing to follow through. Now, let's be honest, there are always going to be people who make excuses. And that's one of the biggest hurdles and frustrations. I always tell people you can make excuses or you can make change and you cannot do both. You can always find a reason why your life is harder than someone else's, why your relationship is more of a challenge, why you have more responsibilities. You know, people will say, well, you you don't have kids or you only have one kid or you only have two kids or, you know, you don't work with your family business or you're a CEO, not not an entrepreneur. Listen, if you think your life is harder and you work with me, that is a serious first world problem because you are living a good life. If you have been on an airplane, you are living a life that most people in the world will never, ever live. If you have five pairs of shoes in your house, you are living a privileged life. And if you don't want to acknowledge that, there's not a lot I can do for you. And it's a very Western, I, I want to say middle class or middle upper class perspective to believe that your situation is harder than others. So overcoming that mindset is, is a real challenge. But, uh, you know, I, I do think that if you can help instill either the attitude of gratitude or the practice of gratitude and mindfulness into your daily life, it, it, it changes everything. You know, every single day, every single day, I know how lucky I am. I know how li- good life is. And so when I have these small stressors, when I have perhaps people harassing me online, if I were to go read the YouTube, the comments on my TED talk, <laughs> I don't. I have to not let those things bother me. I mean, I don't read the comments, let's be honest, and I don't open unsolicited images and whatnot, but it still feels, uh, you know, really hurtful and I feel very harassed and I feel very threatened and vulnerable when I receive these things as a person who is, you know, partially in the public eye, but I'm able to still enjoy my life and feel really grateful because I I do know how lucky I am. I've, I've seen other parts, you know, of the world. My mother grew up in Jamaica, uh, I, I I recognize the poverty from the from a very young age, and so the little things that might upset us, you know, somebody is, is rude to us, or or traffic is bad, or, or the weather is bad. You know, I'm easily reminded that I'm lucky for yeah. that. You know, living yeah. in Canada where the weather is actually terrible, and <laughs> winter has prolonged itself. We haven't even moved into spring yet. But I'm lucky to live here. I'm lucky mm-hmm. to live in in a country like this where mm-hmm. I have access to education. I have access to healthcare, and not only do I. The people living around the corner who perhaps aren't as fortunate as me also have access to that care. So mm-hmm. I feel very grateful every day, and I, I, I think that's what carries me through life. Amazing. All right, we're going to take a little pause here. We're going to remind everybody that we're having a great discussion with Dr. Jessica O'Reilly and her husband, Brandon Ware. And um, we've been talking all about the struggles that power couples who are busy building their careers and trying to hold their relationships together um, and keep their sex life spicy. Um, In the next segment, we're going to actually get into great sex and how do you keep the relationship going. Uh, We'll remind everyone, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And um, right after this short pause, we're going to find out how couples can keep their sex lives and their couple much happier as they grow their careers. 
But before we get into the next segment, let's remind everyone about Nadia New Orleans, July 24 to 28, 2019. Nadia New Orleans is the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world. With over 1,300 couples, this event not only is a full takeover of two of the French Quarter's biggest hotels, but we take over Bourbon Street, too. We sure do. So go check out the sexylifestyle.com travel and events page for more information on how to book your tickets for this crazy, fun, sexy, and informal Formative annual event at the heart of the French Quarter in New Orleans. You definitely don't want to miss it. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and today we're having an amazing discussion with sexologist Dr. Jessica O'Reilly and her husband, Brandon Ware, all about the strategies, how to keep your couple strong and sexy, even when our careers interfere and we don't have all that great time together. Okay, so let's get back to that power couple who are both climbing the corporate ladder, traveling around the world with deadlines and important meetings that take them away from each other. But they're determined not to sacrifice their relationship. So let's look at some of the important aspects of a successful relationship and how they can keep that fire burning with regards to, let's just say, communication. Well, we mentioned the Tritons earlier, but another piece of that involves not falling, for us at least, not falling into the habit of only texting. We try and also hop on the phone so that we have the, you know, auditory connection in terms of the sound of our voice. And we do try and video chat so that we benefit from looking in one another's eyes. And, you know, we have all this research on how eye contact affects, releases chemicals in your body to promote bonding. So, for example, oxytocin, we have evidence suggesting that eye contact can lead to physiological synchronization. And so I'm not sure, we aren't sure if this applies over video, but we, we're willing to risk it and give it a try. So we do try and hop on video calls as well. And then the mo- other, and I would say even more important piece, is to not allow your communication to become reduced to the routine and mundane. So I often say that the death of passion in relationships occurs when your conversation is relegated to three topics. To How's the weather? Your schedule. <laughs> yeah. 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 Your your schedules, your work, and your family. And so, of course, there are logistical reasons why you need to discuss those topics. But you also talk about your dreams, your philosophies, your, your insecurities, your vulnerabilities, the things that you tend to talk about in the early stages of the relationship. So you don't want to just call and say, hey, what are you up to? But it's important to talk about how how you're feeling. You should tell them about that funny YouTube dog video that you saw (laughs) when you were wasting time this morning. Yes, absolutely. Anything to just mess around and have a good time and be playful and and laugh together. Not, and I do think that couples in long-distance relationships or partially long-distance relationships like ours can easily fall into the rut of simply updating one another, filling them in on every single damn detail. And they don't need to know everything in, in terms of what you had for lunch, unless you're like me and you're obsessed with food and <laughs> lunch, is your, lunch is the focus of your day. <laughs> but they, you know, they, they want to know what's going on with you emotionally. And I think that that's a really important piece of communication because we always say, oh, communication is so important. But what is that communication? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Are you digging a little deeper than the surface? Because I can tell anybody what I did today, but I can't tell 
anybody, a stranger, my Instagram followers necessarily how I'm really feeling. That's something right. that I can tell Brandon because I trust him. And I was thinking that you travel so much and you get to see so many new things. And when you share those novel um, ideas or cultures or something new that you learned from your travels and you share those things or even how you feel about those things to Brandon, it adds that newness to your discussion that perhaps you've, you know, when you're in Shanghai, you saw something that you might want to share with him. Well, he's super interested because he's never been to Shanghai, for example, and wants to hear all about it. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. So for example, when I was in Shanghai, I was going on Insta stories and posting all the beautiful places I was visiting and the markets and the buildings. But one thing that struck me in Shanghai was, uh, you know, the remnants of colonialism and the way different races are expected to behave and interact. And that's not something I'm going to discuss on Insta stories, but that was probably the most striking and relevant part of what I took home from that trip from, from a personal perspective, not from a business perspective. And so that's really the first thing I discussed with Brandon, but I'm not maybe going to discuss that with, with my followers on Instagram. Right. And, yeah. yeah. And that, that also inspired a whole other conversation between the two of us. That was interesting to me. Right. So it shed light onto something that I hadn't personally experienced. And it was a, a whole new conversation that, you know, extended outside of what we do every single day. And I get that we're lucky in that Jess is traveling or has been traveling recently to some really interesting spots. And if you work at an office all day, you know, you may not have that same sort of new stimulus, but I'm sure you can find it. Right. I'm sure if you're reading or if you're engaging with new people and making an effort, that there's always something new that does extend outside of those topics that just said can result in the, you know, the, the lack of passion in a relationship. Like just look for new things that are interesting to you. So I'm going to, I'm going to move away from this vanilla discussion that we're having <laughs> right now. And we're talking about communication and Carol and I always talk about all day foreplay and we can do it because we're together so often. How do you guys add the sexiness into your conversations that you have when you're apart to keep um, the juice is flowing and, you know, are you on the phone? Are you talking naughty and, and telling him or her what you're going to do when you're together next? Jeez, I don't know if I'm very good at this. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm better in person, which does make it difficult when it's a long distance relationship. So I don't know that we're super sexy with each other throughout the day as so much as we are just engaging and showing each other that, you know, that the other partner matters. Would you, would you agree with me? Yeah. I mean, yes, we, we've had sex over the phone and we've had sex over Skype a few times, but it's not a regular occurrence for us. Uh, I think because I'm not gone for that long. I try not to be, if I'm gone for weeks at a time, then it's a little bit different, but I try and keep my trips as short as I can. And I, I think that when we talk about talking dirty or talking naughty, I think it really is just about talking in a way that sets the tone to remain connected mm -hmm. for us. So it may not be sexual or explicit, but the connection itself matters. And I think that varies from couple to couple. I think some people want more sex. I think there's people, there are people who are going to want to talk dirty every single day. And I don't feel that pressure to make sure that everything we do is sexual. Yes, we prioritize sex. So for example, every time I'm leaving, even though we're super busy, even if we don't have time, even if, you know, my dad's in the next room, we have to sneak off and, and have sex, even when we're not in the mood. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. we've done that. I, I definitely make that a priority. Mm -hmm. I know if Jess is going away for three, four, five days or longer, I will. 
-hmm. even if I'm not in the mood, I find a way to put myself into the mood. And I know that Jess is also receptive to the idea that, you know, we do have sex before we go, even if it's, we're not in the mood to do it. So so nobody ever says no. (laughs) That's okay. No, that's not true. I I do think that there have been times that I've said no and that Jess has said the same, but I think it just depends on um, how you're feeling. And also, a willingness to consider having sex. It doesn't mean that I'm going to have sex. It's just that I'm open to the idea of having sex or frankly, getting taking care of the other person. But we always do say Yeah, but we always say yes. No, and, and Jess, I just saw you did an article, I think it was in the Toronto Star about um, masturbation because uh, May was Masturbation Month and you talked about um, how if two part two people are together and one might be in the mood and the other might not, how it's okay to just say to your partner, it's okay, go ahead, you masturbate and I'll just watch. Absolutely, yes. And I, I think, you know, in our case, if I were to watch you, I would get in the mood yeah. and I think vice versa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But without the pressure to do so, because some people aren't going to get in the mood. Some people have uh, other issues that, or other, I don't want to say issues as though it's something necessarily negative. People have other reasons why they may not be in the mood and it might be hormonal. It might be related to mood. It might be related to work. It might be related to physical, whatever's going on in their body. And so you can start and see if you get in the mood. And that's the biggest thing about any couple who's been together a long time and still has hot sex. They don't wait for the mood to strike them. They have to create the mood. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I've just finished a, a conversation with my dad about, you know, his, his insomnia, or if I'm on a call with someone who's dealing with a partner who's cheated on them and they've decided to leave them, that's not setting the mood. And so I have to decide, okay, what am I going to do to put myself in the mood? So one thing we do, I do with couples is we have them create a fire and ice list. So things that on the fire list would be things that facilitate sexual desire or the potential for sex. So things that put me in the mood for sex. And we're not just talking about massages and dirty talk and kissing and feeling closeness. We're also looking at practical things. Like, for example, when you don't bring your phone into the bedroom, when you shut off your phone at six o'clock when you come in the door smiling. So the, the, the way we interact all day long matters as much as what we do that is, you know, considered technically foreplay because it's explicit or sexual in some way. And then on the ice list, we look at, at deterrent to sexual desire. And so oftentimes it's not about changing your technique. It's not even necessarily about changing specifically the way you communicate. It's about making practical adjustments to your lifestyle so that you can facilitate sex because most of our lifestyles do not center around sex. I am a sexologist. I do this all day, every day. And I wouldn't say that my job sets me up to want sex. Okay. There are exceptions. If I'm at a sex club, if I'm down (laughs) at desire resort, those are, or if I'm on one of the cruises, those, those are exceptional experiences. That's not what my everyday looks like. Oftentimes I'm oftentimes I'm talking to people who are struggling in their relationships because we all are, right? My clientele is is not necessarily a group of people who have more problems. In fact, I would say if we were to look at them on average, they probably have fewer problems because they're willing to admit to them. But when you are dealing with other people's relationship struggles or deficits or challenges, it's, it's not sexy necessarily. And so you have to do things to put yourself in the mood. On your fire list, it might be fantasizing about something specific. It might be hearing specific words. On your ice list, there might be words or phrases that turn me off. It may be that, you know, when, when you talk to your mother mm-hmm. at 8 o'clock at night, it 
changes your mood mm-hmm. and it affects me too. So there are practical things and, and sex keeping sex alive in a long-term relationship is more practical than it is romantic. And I think too that your partner can work with you. I know when I'm not in the mood, and I know I do want to have sex with David, but when I'm not in the mood, uh, I need him to do other things to help me. So even if it's to change the context of where my brain's at, so if I have been talking to a family member or whatever, and I'm not feeling sexy, and he comes up behind me and wants to nibble my neck, um, I would rather we, you know, turn around and say, hmm, help me get into this mood, because right now my head is spinning with family issues. And so I'm, I'm not respect, receptive to the, the snuggles he wants to give me. So we do have like a code where he says, okay, we tell each other in some, maybe it's body language or maybe they're actual words to help me get out of this cold ice mood into the hot fire mood. So I think that's a great way of describing it. I like those words, the ice and fire. Wow. So everybody can go give that a try. You can make your list of things that turn you on and things that turn you off and think beyond the sexual. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I, I have a question now, and I'm sure our listeners out there are saying, all right, you know, you're out there traveling to all these great places. Brandon's home in a pretty hot, sexy city. He's in real estate. My husband or my wife out there is out there doing the same thing. But, you know, is he tempted or is she tempted to do something else? Let's talk a little bit about the trust, security that you need and the possible jealousy that might be involved with you know, couples who are not always together? Well, one, one thing I would say, well, I'll say two things. <laughs> the first is that jealousy is normative and jealousy can be functional and feeling jealous helps, to, helps you to recognize what you value. And so feeling jealous is like feeling sad or angry or happy or joyful or nervous. It's a universal human experience. And I don't see it as something negative, and I try and help my clients to see the same, that it, you can respond to jealousy negatively. You know, you can respond to jealousy by lashing out, by withdrawing, by being hurtful, by be, speaking disparagingly, or you can respond to jealousy by using positive self-talk, by using rational thought to acknowledge whether or not and kind of weigh whether or not your feelings or your concerns are reasonable. And you can use it to deepen intimacy with your partner by going to your partner and saying, you know, I feel a little jealous or I feel a little insecure or I feel a little uncomfortable. And when they meet you with love and reassurance, you deepen intimacy and you feel closer. And if if they meet you with accusations of your feelings, if they say something like, oh, you're just jealous, well, that's going to be hurtful. But if they say, hey, babe, you have nothing to worry about or what do you need for me to reassure you or let me reassure you, you can really deepen intimacy. Now, preceding that, I think what's really helpful, and I can maybe just speak for our own relationship, is that we're always reassuring one another without specifically reassuring one another. So we make one another feel loved and safe and secure on an ongoing basis. And that's the foundation of the relationship. 90% of the relationship is being kind and sweet and and showing gratitude and giving reassurance. And then 10% is having having that 90% foundation so solid that you can go and do things that feel risky together. And that's part of what makes it exciting. I mean, I certainly have felt um, insecure in this relationship and it's really changed over the years for me. Excuse me. We've, when we first got together, Jess, we worked in, we worked in nightclubs. I was in university as was Jess and I had, let's just say a position, a job that really people assumed wasn't, I know this is a lot of stereotypes I'm throwing around here, wasn't really 
deserving or I wasn't successful enough to have such a, a pretty partner. Okay. And, gorgeous, gorgeous yeah, partner. Yeah. yeah, no, and and I know that in theory this is such a silly thing to have, but it really reinforced these insecurities that I didn't even know existed. It was as though I wasn't, I I shouldn't be with Jess, and I had to I had to learn to deal with those, even though I didn't know really what I was thinking or or why I felt this way. But Jess, from the beginning, really made made me feel comfortable about who I was and that that really helped because at the at that time I couldn't verbalize how I was feeling I just knew that I was I felt insecure and I it just wasn't comfortable anyway move forward another 5 10 years and now Jess is traveling the world speaking to some of the most powerful people and talking about a subject that can be taboo and again I started feeling insecure and when I started sharing this with her, she once again assured me that I had nothing to worry about. But there were two things there. I was able to recognize that I felt insecure and I was also able to verbalize that to my partner. And when I said that to to them, it immediately breaks down these barriers where your partner says, I hear what you're saying. You have nothing to worry about. I'm, go-, you know, having that conversation was the first step for me in building that solid foundation where in the future, like Jess was saying, you are very, very comfortable and so comfortable with your partner that you can go and try something new. And I don't mean, um, you know, swapping partners or anything. It could be something as simple as going to a strip club or going to a sex club or watching porn together or watching um, a cam, you know, the, the cam models, something like that, because you are so comfortable with your partner. And that was, really changed that really changed our relationship um from from the early point where i was able to express and understand what i was feeling and i think jess you you certainly you know have done the same to me over the years whenever something has been on your mind you've come to me and i've said babe you've got nothing to worry about and this is this is why yeah and you've also i really feel you've laid the foundation from the onset uh, that has made me really feel like a priority. And you've always tried to integrate me into every part of your life, even though we don't spend all of our time together and we do give one another quite a bit of space. I always feel welcome, whether you're going out for drinks with your friends or with colleagues or with clients. I've always felt as though you, you've you made us a package deal. I've never felt as though you, you know, you've been hiding any part of your life. And so, so the moments of maybe insecurity or jealousy have been few and far between because you've laid that groundwork that is almost like, almost a, I don't know how to say it, some sort of a reassurance protective layer. Right. Well, right. Every, every, the, the way that we, I carry myself is, is in a way that I have nothing to hide. I want to I interact with every person that I meet the same way, whether Jess is as, as, as if she was present or not. Mm-hmm. I want to text message or video message people the same way as though Jess was sitting next to me and having and, and listening in on that conversation. And when I conduct myself in that way, I don't have anything to worry about. So then when we do get into a situation where somebody is expressing their insecurity, I can say, you know, I feel confident in my behavior. I feel confident in what I've done so much so that you don't have anything to worry about. And if for some reason 
you, you know, your partner needs that assurance. Like, like for me, I don't think that Jess needs to look at my phone or my messages, but if it really came down to it, I wouldn't have a problem with it. No, I, I've got, I, I, I get that. really have nothing to hide. I think that's a really high standard um, to meet though. I don't know that that's realistic for everyone yeah. in but, terms of, oh, I act exactly as I would if you were here. I, I would say that I'm not even sure that I do that. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't mean that I'm I'm doing something necessarily duplicitous, but I, I, I all I'm saying is that that may not be a standard that is realistic for everybody, and that's also okay. Um, I, I think that it is okay to have a part of your life that's separate from your partner, and I think that for some people. Maybe a little bit of, for example, flirting with someone harmlessly is acceptable to the relationship and they don't, and they've agreed that they just don't want to see it. So I don't know that acting as you would and, and comporting yourself in a manner as though your partner is watching is, I don't want to frame it as the gold standard. And I know there are going to be people who disagree with me here and that's okay. But I, I think that for instance, I'm, I, I can be a flirtatious person. Uh, not with most people. <laughs> but I also I also know that, and I'm I'm only referencing how I interact and how I conduct myself. Like mm-hmm. this is what works for me. Mm-hmm. I also know, like I think I'd be naive to assume that Jess doesn't find other people attractive. Mm-hmm. And there's this l- level of confidence and trust that I have in this relationship that if she were to be flirtatious in whatever way with somebody else, I know that at the end of the day, this is what matters the most. Mm-hmm. The way I conduct myself is in a way that works for me. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with the way Jess conducts herself as well. And I think you're probably more flirtatious than me. You just don't realize it. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't. You are. <laughs> I don't think it's about sex. I think you're just charming. Yeah. So I think you're charming to people of all genders, even though you might only be interested in women. Now, the, one of the yeah. things you touched on was that word trust. And I just kind of want to get a clarification of the difference between being insecure in yourself and and then and not trusting somebody else. There's kind of a difference there, right? Yeah. So one may have to do with the circumstances of the relationships. Uh, so for instance, if you lack trust in the relationship, it may have to do with the way you communicate. It may have to do with your partner's behavior. It may have to do with a, a previous experience that that perhaps didn't underscore trust or that threatened trust in your relationship. Being insecure with yourself might refer to your own hangups, perhaps from your past, perhaps from how you feel about yourself, perhaps from, you know, attachment styles from how you were raised. And let me be really clear. We all get insecure. So the world is not divided into secure people and insecure people. We all have moments of great confidence and we have moments of great insecurity and that's okay. And I think what cultivates trust in a relationship is the ability to admit that you are insecure. There is no person, if you take the greatest athlete of all time, if you take somebody who's a top performer in every realm, there is no person who doesn't experience feelings of insecurity or even, for instance, in business, imposter syndrome, feeling like we're not good enough. I mean, that's the that is the profile of the typical entrepreneur. So many of the people I'm working with, one day we believe we can take on the world and the next day we believe that we're going to be you know, losing everything and living in a hut. <laughs> That's very, very typical. And so I like the way you frame it, Carol. I think it's important to recognize, is there something my partner is doing 
that could help to reassure me? Or do I have to, to look at this myself and say, okay, maybe my ex cheated on me and I'm projecting some of those fears from a past relationship into this, into this relationship. That doesn't mean my partner can't support me through it, but in all cases, you're responsible for your own feelings. And so the only thing you can adjust is your own thoughts, your own behavior, and that affects your own feelings. You mm-hmm. cannot expect somebody else to fully make you feel a specific way. Because we can say, oh, I want my partner to make me feel loved, or I want my partner to make me feel important. And they can do those things, but you have to have the foundation to be open to those things. Mm-hmm. So if I refuse to feel worthy, there is nothing Brandon can do to make me feel worthy. I have to work on that myself. And I think if we could change, you know, one thing in relationships is to look to yourself first, not to look at what your partner can do differently, not to look at how your partner can speak differently, not to look at what they can do for you, but to ask yourself what you can do for yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. And actually this past year, your country, I was just going to (laughs) say, don't ask what you can do. (laughs) Uh, In this past year, our new year's resolutions, David uh, had his new year's resolution that he was going to love me more. And my new year's resolution was that I was going to love me more. Um, So we've been working on that this year. And I think I take a lot of effort this year just to think about myself. And like you said, that worthiness, no one can, David can't make me feel any more worthy than I than I make myself feel. So that was my goal for this year to to love myself and take the time and do it. And not too many people actually do that. You know, they think that that's selfish rather than working on yourself and and bettering yourself in in a better way. Yeah, and I think I knew I know you're a mother, and there's so much responsibility for mothers in terms of not only practical care but emotional care. And you tend to come last mm-hmm. and. We know that if you do not put your oxygen mask on yourself Mm -hmm. first, Mm -hmm. we will all die. Mm -hmm. And not that, let me be clear, not that the onus of responsibility should fall on you, because I do see this. This is another thing I see across the globe, that women in heterosexual relationships, they bear too much of the burden, whether it has to do with the practical requirements of running a family or the emotional ones. And we do need to get better at being selfish and treating the word selfish, as though it's something very valuable and important. And and it's on us. It's cultural, and it mm-hmm. has to do with gender norms, mm-hmm. but it also has to do with the way we were raised. And so we reinforce those expectations upon ourselves. Sometimes our partners are putting it on us, our kids are putting it on us, community is putting on us, our parents, you know, all these people. But sometimes it's ourselves. Sometimes the responsibilities we take on have to do with our own sense of obligation that we need to overcome. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that for you. <laughs> and so Brandon, is your new year's resolution to love Carol more? <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little bit. Carol and Dave, it's a package deal. <laughs> so I, I guess that would be um, the first step to balancing things with your work, your family, your, um, your sex, your couple, all these things have to be balanced. And if you're not balanced loving yourself, then how, uh, you know, then it's a lot harder to love your partner is kind of the goal here. So let's get into a little bit more about how uh, couples who are successful in their relationship have to find some type of balance between work, family, and sex and find that time. Not only the balance, but the time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So with regard to time, I always tell people, if Oprah Winfrey called and said she wanted you to come to her villa this weekend for the whole (laughs) weekend, you'd go. You'd make the time. And maybe it's not, maybe you have a different Oprah Winfrey. Maybe it's Michael Jordan. I mean, he's a very old reference. <laughs> 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 Just, yeah, exactly. It's LeBron. All good. LeBron. Yeah. No, no, no. I wanted to go with, with 
with Michael Jordan. So, so time is, is a choice. And I am very guilty of this, of saying I don't have time. But what I'm really saying is I'm not going to make time. And if you want to make the time, you'll make the time. And I work with couples. For instance, I can think of one guy. He runs a company of 2,000 people. Uh, he's from Eastern Europe. And they spend one weekend every single month with zero exceptions together with no devices. And if a wedding occurs on that weekend, they move that weekend. They do not make exceptions. They either decline the invitation to the wedding or they carve out another weekend. Now, this is a busy guy uh, and she's busy as well. She has an executive job. They have two young children and people will say, oh, well, they're rich. They have help. They do absolutely have some help. But a lot of us have help in our families, in our neighbors. We can child swap for the weekend so that we have, you know, the neighbor's kids one weekend or even just one night and they take ours another so if you want to carve out the time, you will carve out the time. And in terms of balance, it's possible that you, you won't have balance. It, it, it's hard sometimes to find that balance. I think everybody strives for, oh, I want to live a healthy and balanced lifestyle. And, and I don't believe that there are there is an equilibrium point. Again, this is my, my experience that you will achieve. I think that there are points in your life in, where you will be extremely busy with personal and or work-related activities, but you have to offset those times of extreme busyness with periods of extreme uh, relaxation. And I think you're hoping to average out some degree of balance in your lifestyle. So it was really hard for me to try and implement this because I went from always this badge of honor of being, oh, I'm busy. How are you doing? I'm busy. I started changing how I respond to people. You know, busy is great, but I also want to not be busy. Mm -hmm. I want to take time to better myself, to improve my, myself, to spend time on this relationship. So I had to learn to carve out time throughout the day and throughout the week to have some downtime. And again, I think that it's a difficult thing to do, but you have to prioritize. I had to prioritize. And it took a period of adjustment to try and find it. I still struggle with it because I like I like the excitement that comes with new you know business opportunities or new travel that Jess might be doing or new uh, you know new just anything new is exciting. But I think it was important for me to say you know what I need to offset this period with some downtime because Carol that's where you can focus on yourself. Or mm -hmm. I found I could focus on myself and. It, it really, it helped me to excel in the other aspects of my life when I had some time to uh, to relax. And when you have that three-legged chair and one leg is too short, you're tipping over. And I think that that's why work, family, and sex in that triad, if you think about it, just has to be somehow equal. And even if it's the average, like you said, average it out, it still works overall and it might not be that perfect equilibrium but as long as you're not falling off your chair every time you sit down i think it's okay absolutely all right that's a great segue into what's coming up next which is going to be our great sex matter segment so you know we know it's not easy navigating these great careers and relationships for couples who have these super busy lives and today we've been getting great advice from dr jess o'reilly and her husband brandon 
all about how power couples can adapt strategies into their daily routines and keep the intimacy strong in their relationship. Let's remind everyone, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. We are going to do our Great Sex Matters segment as a part two. So just look for it coming up next. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. But first, we want to invite everyone to join us on the SDC Croatian Cruise in 2020, departing from Venice, Italy, August 29, 2020, for seven sensual nights and eight glorious days of visiting some of the most historic cities in Europe, throughout Croatia and the Eastern Mediterranean. Yeah, so come party with us on a ship full of open-minded, sexy couples and find yourself swept up into a dream world of such incredible beauty, sensuality. It'll take your breath away. So for more information on this trip or anything else, go visit the Sexy Life com or send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com guys we are definitely out of time uh why don't you hang on and we are going to do part two in just a few moments uh jess why don't you tell us how people could reach out to you for your advice your coaching social media yeah i'm on all social media at sex with dr jess the website sex with dr jess.com and we're soon transitioning over to happiercouples.com and we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests, and we hope you do too. So remember to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to find credible information about sex and sexuality. And remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. Use promo code 30314 to get the first month free check it out and of course let's remind everybody about Nadia Norleans the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world 1300 of us are going to be taking over Bourbon Street on July 24th to 28th 2019 check out our website book it and we'll see you there well that's it for our show today a special thanks to our guests uh, Dr. Jess and Brandon Ware thanks for having us it was great. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. And remember to tune in to the Sexy Lifestyle Network for 24-7 talk radio with tons of other hosts all talking about sex, sexuality, and those amazing relationships. That's the thesexylifestylenetwork.com. And join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay tuned for part two with Dr. Jess and Brandon coming up next. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on The Sexy Lifestyle Network. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. 
Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the stay-dry barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.